0: All right, JD. I press record. So, Uh-oh. so we're 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 starting. We're starting. Wow. So, so the first question is what are are we starting? And I guess we don't really have a a, a name potentially for this podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll call it the Letting Go podcast, maybe we'll call it something else. But um you know, we're I think we the inspiration was a book called Letting Go by David Hawkins and I guess it's in some ways it's a path towards something. So JD, what in your mind? What do you what, what is it in terms of why the book is interesting at all? You know this. What what's the search? What do you, you know? Your mind. What's the search for?
1: Um. Yeah, and and it's funny because I think that that very question is one of the things he plays with right away uh, in the book. He talks about alleviating. Uh, suffering and and pain through various means and in thinking about why i read this book why i was interested why you read it how we both came onto this path what what is this thing what are we letting go of the name of the book i guess what are we letting go of and, and why and and who cares and i think um there's definitely an element of letting go or trying to find ways to relieve pain suffering stressors of various kinds but for me, that feels almost like a secondary goal. I think the the bigger question that um, I've been trying to answer since as far back as I can remember is just sort of who who am I and what what exactly am I here for? What what is all this? What is being the human now on planet Earth and how does it make sense and how how to live a life that is is meaningful and feels right and how to even determine the parameters for that to say a good life or a right life or a meaningful like just what does any of it what does it all mean mean, kind of the big the big existential question or questions Uh, and i think for me, an instant attraction to this when, and I, I only learned of this book, I guess maybe a month or two ago when you shared it with me in our conversation about things things of this nature, right away, Letting Go struck me because I'm very, I think, attracted to this notion of, of editing, of minimalism, of less is more, of there aren't more things, more structures that I, or we as humans need, but rather we need to let go and get rid of and clear out the the cobwebs more than we need to maybe
0: build more. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, right. There's something attractive about letting go of noise. I think we probably all have, right. Minimalism has, has caught on over the last I don't know how, how long, five, 10 years as a way of life. Uh, there's like Marie Kondo, you know, there's, um, but simplicity, I think there's people are craving simplicity. So the mm-hmm. idea of you want to simplify your, uh, your external surroundings, <clears throat> really the goal is to be able to simplify your, your intern, your internal experience of, of, of life. Right. So the idea of letting go of things, the same way you would spring cleaning would be letting go of, you know, the teach the t-shirt that you've had for 20 years, right? This is there's something that is attractive of, of letting go to, but maybe not for everyone. Maybe not for everyone. It's hard sometimes, it's hard to let go. Yeah. But let me take mm-hmm. a step back. And as far as the goal, right? So yeah, the big questions, what are we doing on this planet? What is the idea of enlightenment mean to you? It's a great and tough question. And then I think the the closest I
1: can come to what I I think it might be is is a feeling I feel like I've sometimes been lucky enough to have in brief glimpses or moments uh, in which everything in my experience is both more interesting and alive and also uh, less serious or troubling or weighty. Mm. And that kind of whatever that cross section is, wherever that exists, where everything is alive and wondrous and, and feels a part of me and I feel a part of it, but without you know, a deep sense of sort of responsibility or or urgency or the need for anything to be in some way other than it is to be. It's a form of being present, I think. And to me, those things feel synonymous that enlightenment is a way of being in the present, which to me is another way of saying being who you are and where you are and completely okay with whatever that looks like in a given moment. And those things all feel like versions uh, or sides of that enlightenment point or, or, or box.
0: Yeah. Would you say that happiness is a, well, synonymous, not synonymous, but would hmm. it be coincidental? Like if you think about just like, yeah, you know, just you know, being happy. Yeah. You know, that it's certainly, that would be an, a, If not, if that's not what it is, it certainly would be an offshoot of someone Mm -hmm. who achieved that level of being presence and in the moment in a state of flow, right? They would describe that experience as joyful Mm. on some level.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder about how synonymous joy and happiness are and I know I definitely use them and have used them synonymously, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's the case. There's a, a great book. Um, I think we both recently read 4,000 Weeks by uh by Berkman. He has yeah. another book maybe five, ten years ago. I think it's called The Antidote, which is his take on the sort of positive thinking, happiness movement uh and he goes across the world looks at some self-help stuff for the us i think he goes to Bhutan, uh which is supposedly the happiest country in the world and um i think he among other excuse me thinkers does a an interesting job of poking holes in the concept of of happiness Hmm. and and happiness is maybe my current understanding of it or sense of it is a, it's a transitory feeling, like maybe hot or cold. And I don't, I don't know that it's the goal of enlightenment or even necessarily a feature of it. I, I think there are ways of being enlightened, again, not, not that I know from direct personal experience, but it seems to me maybe that one can be fully present or enlightened and experience a lot of joy and also pain um, and sometimes sadness and sometimes happiness, possibly anger as well. I think, and I might be misquoting it, but there's that line from um, Anthony DeMello somewhere where he says, before enlightenment I was depressed, after enlightenment I was depressed. And um, so for me, at least in the last number of years, I haven't been there was a time i think when i was very focused on happiness right how to be happy how to live a happy life and there are a lot of books and thinkers and philosophies that that are pointed at that but um i I don't know i no longer see that as the goal or even particularly desirable and to me not um quite synonymous with uh enlightenment or or freedom or or letting go even Uh, although i agree with you i think that the degree to which one can let go and be present, I think there's a lot more room for happiness to uh, to erupt.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I do think that, in terms of you know just basic human desires or, or trends, you know, I mean it's kind of from from the time that you are a kid, probably, you know, in school. Hmm. Yeah, I always felt and I and I don't I think this is common that there's this desire to like get to the next thing. Hmm. Right. Oh yeah. So it's yes, like it's about getting to like I want to get to the weekend, right? Even in like first or second grade or third grade, it's like I want to get to the weekend, I want to get to the next vacation. But as a child, you also have this idea of, oh, I want to get to adulthood. Right, Mm. you know, and why do you want to get to adulthood? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess freedom. I mean, looks kind of cool, right? But part of it is you think that life will be better then, Mm. right? Yeah, you think that the stresses that I actually I remember now. I I was very shy when I was a kid, and so especially like early grades, like first, second grade, you know, was like really just kind of stuck to myself. And I remember, and I remember, I think it was probably like around that time, like seeing adults who would just kind of meet and seeing how easy it was for them to just start to converse and talk. Hmm. Right. And thinking like, oh, wow, like as an adult, it's probably a lot easier to just like be with people, you know? Hmm. So, um, so there was this, yeah, you know, so the this idea that life will be easier right um when you are in high school you want to be in college when you're in college maybe you just want to stay in college but (laughs) you're you know depending on your college experience but um you know you want to kind of get out into the working world right and then when you work
1: that was my experience
0: yeah when you work when you get out of college, right, you want to, you say, okay, well, now I got to get married, right, and you got to have kids, and then you have kids, and it's like, all right, well, got to get to the kids to 18, so that they move, right, and it's like, well, what do you, what do you want, right, and there's some, I guess there's, there's a meaningfulness to it, right, you want to get, you know, kids, because you feel like that will give meaning to your life, maybe, right, if you're, um, you want to get the, kids to 18 and out of the house because then you'll have freedom right or but you'll to me there is some this idea of like well i just want life to be easier and meaningful yeah. and full you know retirement right why do people, you have people work say okay one day i'm going to retire it's like well then what like if you know I'm. you see you meet a lot of retired people it's like all right well Like, is this really the destination, like playing like Mahjong all day and and golf? Like that's, it's not, you know, but that's, there's something that is, there's an, I feel like there's this internal calling or pull that people feel towards something that they think is going to be more pleasurable in some, in some ways than what their Mm -hmm. current experience of, of life is.
1: Yeah, that totally resonates for me. I was always in a a rush to get to whatever the next phase uh, of life was. And and there's a way, and, and I think Hawkins in this book gets at and part of this journey is so much I think of this future focus and we tell ourselves we want more freedom or we want more safety or security. I think that's another thing as a child, like looking forward to as an adult or as a college kid or an early person in your career, like looking forward to some degree of security and you have enough money in the bank and you have a certain status and a place in society or you're a, whatever your profession is, it gives you something. I think they're, they're all ways in which parts of our minds and bodies, there's there's, some, there's a way in which it's easier or comes more naturally to do that than it does to sit in the, the moment. The, the promise and the hope of something better later that's different that we don't yet have, it's really powerful. And it comes, I think, more readily, at least to me and it sounds like to you and to enough other people that there are a lot of books about this, maybe not everyone, um, but it's easier than just being where we are in in what we are. And, you know, there's a lot of good reasons for that and survival instincts and I think a lot of evolutionary bio type arguments that would account for this and the ability to think forward and part of what makes us human and and I think that's all true. Um, And it is so interesting that yeah we go through life and there's always just the one more thing and every time we get things like well yes now that i have the kids but then they need to get into college or they need to do this or we retired but either now we're bored or something else isn't quite right there's there is always something that is in some way incomplete and not right and something that seems different and more interesting um out there and it's To me, it feels for myself, very related to the inability to kind of uh, be here now.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. So there's some kind of a voice right inside of us that's calling us and pulling us forward. mm -hmm. We'll talk in a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. But one of the things that I wanted to do and explore is, you know, I mean, you and I both grew up in like traditional Orthodox Jewish households. Yeah. And yeah, how we practice that, you know, today is, 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 you know, can be different, but I found a real void in terms of how I was taught Judaism and about God. I realized that the yearning for spirituality was ironically, like not quenched, you know, Mm. where I thought it would be quenched from. And then not because it's not there. I do think it's very much pre- present you know, within Judaism. And really, in, probably people from Christian faith would would say like the same thing in terms of challenges that they've had finding it in their in the traditional way it's thought, But mm-hmm. one book that I read over the summer by uh, writing by Reverend Cook, who was the first, I guess, the first chief rabbi of Israel. But he said that that inner... Longing that people feel is actually the voice of God. That there's a calling mm. that they, that it's actually God kind of whispering, like, "Hey, like, come, like, come," <laughs> you know, yeah. And people think that you you hear it and you think, "Oh, it's it that means I need to make more money, right? Oh, this means you know, really, I want to make a if I make a billion dollars, that's you know, that's going to be my calling, right? But you know, or maybe it's that they feel who, who knows what, that it's, you know, they have to write their book or they have to do something, yeah. but this idea of like making an impact, there is this calling that people have. There's a voice that people, this small still voice that I think people hear beckoning, you know, and they can follow it down many trails. A lot of them don't lead to the place that, it, that I think they're hoping to to get to.
1: Yeah, I I like thought uh that the voice the voices is, is God uh because I guess in my current, you know, cosmology, the, the notion that we're really all part of one and the same big happening being living uh universe, uh there's a way in which like yeah, of course, of course every every voice in our head, every longing, it's all part of, it is part of God and, and the universe and everything, uh, you know, like Alan Watts jokingly said, every book is a Zen book, every, every right. voice, every calling, every path could be uh, a way to, you know, God, whatever that means to you. And there's something really beautiful about that and recognizing that we all in some way have that and it is a a connective thread and you know exactly how we understand that or or go about that yeah there are some paths that seem much more difficult or or like they would pull one further away from from presence or enlightenment And, and also uh who can say, you know, it, but I can sort of envision a path someone goes down, let's say to be a business mogul and they spend 30, 40 years and they're not present for their health or their family, et cetera. And then, you know, they have a deathbed, uh, awakening or enlightenment. And, and maybe that was the, you know, and that was their path. And, right. and that was the way that they needed to go to get to uh, to that and so yeah there's something really magical to think that we all there's, there's a little voice or we all have that yeah and there's so many ways it can it can manifest and it's hard to know when it's manifest you know again is it good is it bad what do those things mean where will it lead us and um yeah it feels exciting to think yeah. that way
0: yeah so jd in your mind why are we doing this podcast we've known each other for a long time we share a lot of intellectual commonalities in terms of interest and curiosity, you know and 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 spiritual interests. Um, but podcast is something different, right? In your mind, why the podcast?
1: I think it feels like a way of um, solidifying, in some way of giving a little shape or form or structure to what feels like has been a, let's call it 10 year conversation between us you know, with, with breaks in between surely and then meanderings. But it feels like a nice way to, yeah, to formalize it a little. And uh, to your point, growing up in the, the community we did and both being sort of uh, scholarly young kids, one of the one of the traditions of learning the way in which we were raised was sort of this partner dialogue and kind of preparing a text, either separately or together with a partner and then coming together with uh, with this discussion and I've Found that a really enriching way to learn back in that setting, and and ever since, and it's something that I don't feel is quite out there as much. I mean, I do have a a couple of book clubs with friends that you know COVID has impacted in in different ways, and found that to be really an enriching format too. But something about doing the podcast feels like uh, a good container for us to have, and there kind of corollaries to that are maybe we'll actually say and stumble upon some interesting things. And I know we're not alone in the questions and the concerns and the heartaches and the longings we have. And if we're, we're consumed by this in some way, there are other people and it would be lovely to share our, our musings and ramblings with anyone who's, who's interested. Um, and, and that also feels like just in, sort of an in, in opening. Uh, and a way of, of of taking our studies and doing something a little creative uh, with them, and uh, even even if we record these and never release them, and that means no one will be listening to this, uh, that also feels great. Uh, just kind of making art, and I know that with the lowercase a to be very clear, <laughs> making art for for art's sake. Uh, feels like a really lovely thing to do and really just thinking about how much I enjoy this process of these conversations and of being recorded in a way that kind of sharpens the dialogue a little bit or the diction and will it or won't it go anywhere that's sort of secondary
0: yeah you made me think about something when you talk about recording there's a book that I read recently well, I guess I'm in the middle of it all still. It's called by Jose Silva called the Silva mind control method. Mm. Um, so it's a way of also, I mean, I guess it's self-hypnosis, but it's another take at just understanding your your mind and trying to leverage the power of it. But one of the key parts of it is is this idea of visualization, right? Seeing something in your mm-hmm. mind's eye. And that is something that I have always, I've never been able to do. You know, people say like, Oh, like, okay. Envision like an app, close your eyes and imagine like an apple, right. And see that apple and the picture of it. Right. Some people are able to do that. I just kind of see this, you know, the light coming through my eyelids, like it just, Mm -hmm. nothing shows up. So the internet's an amazing place. So I started looking up like how to, visualize in meditation. So I found there was, there's a guy who has a, um, he said, it's not necess- it's not uncommon, right? That people have a tough time seeing in their mind's eye. And there is an exercise that you do where you have to record your, you do this for like 10 minutes a day and you have, and the thing is you record yourself, right? on some kind of recording device, it could be your phone or a tape recorder. You know, if someone had that, right? And you basically, you start rubbing your eyes. And when you rub your eyes, you'll see like these dots start to, you maybe you'll see some dots. And then you start talking into the record and say, okay, I'm seeing these dots. And like, yeah, they're moving. Now I'm seeing them like move, you know, become a line. And now, yeah, it's becoming like a shape, right? So that one of the, you can't just think this, you can't just think to yourself, oh, I'm seeing these dots and you can't, and just talking it out loud even doesn't do it. But there's something about knowing your, your brain, knowing that you're being recorded, mm. allows it to take hold in a different way. So that was a long way of getting to that. You know, maybe there is something to just this way of to doing this in a recorded avenue that will hopefully make it stick. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. a little, a little more. We'll see. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's really neat, and I also took notes that sounds like a really cool book and and a method and yeah, yeah that that is that is interesting that the notion that the recording changes it may, reminds me when we were talking about doing this, I think I mentioned like playing music with people and recording ourselves to listen later, even knowing that we were the only people ever listening to that recording it it just changed the timbre of of the the music and of the the playing itself. so. Yeah, there's something very interesting to that. And I'm also now even more curious to see how that plays yeah. out and if it, it helps things stick or you know maybe helps us let go of them. So <laughs> we'll yeah. see which, which direction, but that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I also, I was excited to do this in conversation. You know, I think that there is, look, I think life in general is in some ways inherently lonely. Right, Mm -hmm. in that you're, you can have lots of friends. You can, you can have a huge family. You can have, you know, a a partner or spouse and kids. Right, but only you are going through your own experience. Mm -hmm. Right, and so when you think about it, right, there's just there's no one else in your head. There's no one else with your emotions. There's no one else. So like you're just you are going through something totally on your on your on your your own right which is just human existence i think that spiritual pursuits also can feel very lonely right you know it's like for me it's like you i don't know if i had to point to like when i started on it i couldn't exactly tell you but you have this idea that okay look there's there's something out there that's going to be the answer, right? That's going to provide that serenity or calm or happiness or contentment. Right. And so maybe it is um, this Jewish book that I'm going to read, like Masilat Yesharim, right? Or like yeah, the, the path of the of of the of the just or the righteous, right? You know, and or maybe it's this other book. It's like, well, okay, read that. It's not quite there. All right. Maybe it's uh, Eckhart Tolle, you know, the power of now. Right. And so, okay. You stumble on that, read it, maybe read a couple of his books. It's like, okay, I think I got that. All right. Maybe it's Byron Katie, right. You know, all right, let me, let me try the work. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Wim Hof. If I just do the breathing, that'll get me there. You know, if I, Mm -hmm. you know, if I just do cold showers, maybe that'll do it. Right. Or it's transcendental meditation or it's the letting go book. Right. But We're kind of all just like, it's the, it can't even say the blind leading the blind because there's no one leading you. It's just the blinds, (laughs) like just stumbling along, you know, into like whatever, maybe it's like whatever, whatever I hear someone mention a book, or maybe what it's something that Amazon recommends, you know, Mm. but it's like, that's, that's your, your, your path. And it's frustrating because you spend years and years doing this and you always see the, it's very easy to look at, at. Of course, we make progress, but it's very easy to look at how far you still are from where you would like to be. Um, so and you don't have people talk about like where they are in their in their journeys. Like these are not conversations mm. that people have a lot about. Just what's going on, um, how yeah, you know, how things how they're relating to some of these practices. Like in you know, and going through this experience of a book to anchor you um, and going through with another person, I think to me was very exciting Yeah, mm-hmm. as an opportunity.
1: Yeah, and me too. And I really love that comment and that thought. And um, it reminds me of something uh, that, that I think, I think my therapist shared with me a couple of years ago is that um, so much of our, if not all of our, wounding happens in relationship, right? As babies with our parents or siblings or our formative years in school. And, and so of course our healing is going to come through relationship too. And it's so, you know, it's so tempting for a certain type of, of person to be like, oh, you know, and I got this and I, I can do this and I'm gonna read all the books and study and do all these things and get somewhere. Um, But for me, it was really opening and humbling to be reminded of like, yeah, we are a very social, socially driven species. And so, of course, like walking this this pathway with with friends, with community, so much more enriching and a way to really. You know, in a psychological perspective, heal and in this perspective, maybe you become or taste a little more enlightenment, but really doing that uh, in relationship feels also exciting and, and rich to me in, in a way that, you know, kind of this image of I think you were maybe alluding to sort of like a lonely seeker on a path that, you know, with his hood just kind of stumbling through the darkness by himself. We might still be stumbling in the darkness, but at least we're within shouting distance of, of each other. And that does feel uh, connective and, and, and right. And, and it also reminds me of something he says early on in this book. And I might not be able to pull up the exact quote, but, you know, Morty, you mentioned a lot of people aren't talking about this or it's not kind of uh, conversational. Uh, And and he says, and this is the beginning, chapter one introduction, uh, he says, don't worry, everybody's desperate. (laughs) Some seem cool about it. I can't see what the fuss is about, they say life seems so simple to me. They are so scared, they can't even look at it. So there is something nice to at least being here with each other being like, yeah, we're like a hair away from being terrified. Like we we don't know what all the stuff is that we're doing that, we've done all these structures we've built, these lives we've built for ourselves, these habits, these relationships, these values. And so much of the day and so many days, we just uphold those things. And we talk to people in business and we talk to our friends and our family. And we're just kind of maintaining and maybe even grooming or growing a little, but being able to actually be with another person and say, like, I, I don't, I don't know, man. We've been reading and trying and experimenting, like, what? what is going on? And that sort of vulnerability or shared cluelessness feels at least really comforting on some level. It's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone. Morty's also like this person who I, you know, enjoy and respect. It's like also sitting here, throwing his hands up, looking around when he's doing a cold plunge going, what is, what is going on?
0: yeah yeah Yeah. like like why am i sitting here in this 36 degree water like in the middle of the winter
1: some old danish man told me it was a good idea yeah exactly exactly beyond that
0: yeah yeah like why like why am i drawn to this the the, these things my 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 wife um yeah michelle she she jokes around that um she calls it like michigas monday yeah. you know, and Michigan, right. Is like just uh, some crazy, you know, some kind of crazy thing. Right. And yeah, like, I'll always, you bad. know, Monday morning, like you know, it'll be a Monday morning. It's like, all right, now here's, here's what I'm doing right now. It's, you know, morning pages journaling, right. Or now it's breathing or now it's meditation or now, right. But it's like, all right, like what's the new or it's intermittent fasting or who knows, you know, but yeah, it's, um, Yeah. And the, and the path is also like, I feel like the path towards whatever, I mean, I still don't know where exactly this is all going. Right. You know, but Mm. what I've experienced so far is that it's not like a forward upward constantly upward Mm. trajectory. You know, it feels um, progress is hard to feel in my experience, you know, and, and I think that's one of my frustrations is that like, I'll, I'll like hear you know, I'll hear about By- a Byron Katie, right. Of loving what is, and it's like, whoa like she made it right. You know? And, and it's like, well, I don't feel any closer to that. Right. Or an Eckhart Tolle, right. Who's, you know, or a Ram Dass or an Alan Watts, you like, and you try to do these practices and then it doesn't really feel like you're actually getting any closer to that. Um, and sometimes it actually makes you feel like you're taking steps backwards, you know, where, um, you know, you have, there's an idealistic vision of, okay, well here, I'm going to take this path and I'm going to start doing these things. And then, you know, after 30 days, right. Like these 30, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a sucker for 30 day challenges. That's my other, (laughs) a lot lot of Michigan Mondays are based on (laughs) 30 day yoga challenges or, you know, whatever. But, Thirty days. All right, I'll, I'll get there. Right, and I've experienced this actually more recently, especially as I've gotten like deeper into medit, you know, meditation and and just questioning a lot of just like what you see, and and it feels at some point like, all right, I'm either getting somewhere or I'm on the verge of a of a psychotic break,
1: mm.
0: right? Like maybe like am I just am I just going? Maybe I'm just going crazy. Yeah. And so that's like, it's disconcerting and unsettling, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like you're, I feel like, you know, you're, you're that voice that we spoke about in terms of where it's calling you, it's calling you forward, it's calling you towards, I mean, what do you want if not stability, right? I mean, stability would be like one of those baseline things for like happiness, right? But in some ways, like it can feel rockier at times. I don't know if you've had that experience at all yeah um makes me think i forget i forget to whom
1: this quote is attributed but it, it's one of those that probably many sources but that the only sane response to an insane world is insanity <laughs> and there, there's sort of uh a way in which a lot of the the thinkers that you mentioned who i also you know read and consider great teachers they many of them have like Hit what we would in, in our maybe general culture society think of as rock bottom, or or had breaks. Whether it was you know, yep. Tony Robbins in his way, or I think Eckhart Tolle talks about that lying on the floor of his apartment, and I believe yep. Byron Katie was Byron uh, kind of of re- rehab. In yep. some way. So there, there is, and that's where going back to that notion of mm-hmm. of the path. Like you you were saying, it's hard to know. Maybe a path that seems like it's leading somewhere seemingly non-spiritual or not enlightened or whatever you go far enough in one direction and it sort of loops you back around the other side and and the other way is true too in ways that i felt like wow i've made so much progress in a certain area of my life and feel like wow this is success and i'm getting you know checklist crossing crossing off the goals the bucket list and then coming out of that and being like oh this is all just more, you know, spacesuit self right. uh, using, you know, Ramdas or Tara Brock phrasing, and yeah, so it it does sometimes feel very confusing and and very non-linear, um, and and almost to the point of the idea of getting anywhere feels like a big kind of cosmic joke. Um, (laughs) you think you're somewhere it turns out you're actually somewhere else and you didn't know that and 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 some days it's really disheartening um i've definitely uh found that or thinking that ah i've made this breakthrough i did actually right to the point i did this um and, and if anyone ever listens to this, you won't see this, but I'm showing Morty my notebook where I did a full page and a half, almost two pages of letting letting go using one of the Hawkins' techniques of letting go of different parts of something. And I was like, wow, this is great. I came out of that, like, I let go of the, the difficult parts of ending my relationship. And yeah, I mean, that lasted all of that evening <laughs> right. waking up the next day and still like burning inside about something that you know happened with my ex and being like damn it <laughs> I think I got I got nowhere yeah. I got nowhere I, I tricked myself for an evening like wonderful
0: yeah yeah and it's also fun you know when it's like it's like the best like you know you have you have um 3d movies and then they have like four well, I guess I'm trying to remember they, are they there were some do you have movies where they'll you know you'll the chair will move you know, you'll feel like you're part of it you know like it then I even mm-hmm. was in a movie where I think it was like they were had like a scent where it would like spray something and you can like smell you know whatever like they would show flowers. Mm-hmm right? But there's no, um, there are no movies that say, okay, now you're going to feel excited and now you're going to feel sad. And now you're going to like, now we're going to show you like what it feels, right? I mean, that's what they, they where they drag you, you know, Mm. but the, um, it's the most high definition virtual reality movie, like with all of the, it's, you know, just what, what, a, what a variety of, of experiences we, that we get, get to have. Mm. Um, and I think ultimately, yeah, I do, before we end, I wanna get to talk about a little bit about what the letting go mechanism is just as a teaser. Um, mm. But I, I, I do feel like, you know, we're pulled forward, but then, okay, so it's when you're working, you wanna retire, when you're retired, you want to, I don't know, right? But the next thing at some point, the only thing that we're definitely all heading to is death. Mm. right? That's, that's one thing we know. At some point we're all going to die and then it's going to be over, right? Not, not you know, may, maybe there may be reincarnations or maybe an afterlife, there may be, but who cares, sure. right? Sure. At the end of yeah. the day, it's, it's over, right? And whether or not you had a, you made a, you know, a, a millions of dollars or you changed the world or you built a business or you did anything, right? Like the bottom line is like 200 years from now, no one will remember you, right? And probably sooner than that. So all you really have is this craziness we call like human experience, you know, and that means... Feeling happy sometimes and feeling really sad and feeling depressed and feeling scared and feeling annoyed and feeling angry. It's like that's kind of like the, that's somehow that is the gift that's been given to us. You know, so I think part of what I've seen or heard like from my spiritual teachers, and I, I call like, let's say, Alan Watts, Ram Das would be like, Two of them, and neither of them mm-hmm. have I have I met, but I've listened to, you know, hundreds of hours of their stuff. Um, so consider them teachers. But you know, the goal is not to not experience those things, like you said at the beginning, right? It's not that you're ever not. You know, it's it's okay to feel angry. It's just, are you going to identify with that anger, or are you going to watch it and say, like, wow, look at that depression. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. This will be interesting to <laughs> see, right? And not and not to get sucked into it, to be that witness or observer of your human experience, as opposed to um, identifying with every, you know, passing, uh, you know, emotion that or thought that comes your passes through your your head.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's circling back to that early question of what, you know, what might enlightenment be like. That's in moments where I felt like I've come close or I've glimpses of that, that sort of like fascination with your own experience without feeling the the weight of it in a way of looking at it and going, gosh, like you said this is a tricky this is a tricky puzzle. This is a, a tough tough situation in a way that I feel like sometimes since COVID and just being home and and by myself a bit more over the last two years, I've started playing various sort of like puzzle games on on my phone. And there's some really beautiful, I find like meditative calming puzzles. And, And that sort of approach is I get these puzzles and I look at them and sometimes it's like, God, that's hard. But I don't identify with the puzzle. I don't feel Hmm. like oh I am stuck because I can't figure out how to whatever prune this tree in a way that it grows between the light the path and this one game. I just look at it and go, woo, that's a that's a doozy, and it's interesting. And when the games are too easy, they're not always as interesting and fun. And so, kind of looking at my own or the moments where I'm able to see my own experience that way as a sort of it's like a puzzle game and it's rewarding sometimes to solve a puzzle and also rewarding sometimes to be stumped and go like this is a good mm. this is a good puzzle um mm. this like you said this this is this is really sticking for me like i that's i don't know how i'm going to navigate this with my you know my partner or or this client or my own feelings about
0: the feelings that i have
1: towards something else like yeah i am ashamed of this that's difficult huh Hmm. I'm going to sit back there in the same way I do with the puzzle and sip on my tea. And, you know, maybe I sit with the puzzle for a few more minutes and then to be able to put it down and move on Hmm. to something else. And that feels like what a cool way to maybe be able to go through life of of noticing that there's a lot of anger, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt right here. And I don't know how I'm going to work with these things, but
0: Hmm.
1: maybe for right now I can also, Because I think one of the things that I've, uh, and I don't know where this fits in, but it's somewhere on the path. And and I heard this from, I'm gonna butcher her name, but I think it's Ngoza Idichie. She's a contemporary Nigerian fiction writer, beautiful, beautiful novels and and short stories. And she has a wonderful talk about um, stereotypes. And she says, the problem with stereotypes isn't that they're completely untrue, it's that they're just one slice of a much bigger picture and story. And you end up trading, you know, say a rainbow of colors for a tiny, narrow band. And I thought that was a really beautiful and interesting take on, on what stereotypes are, but it made me think too of, as it relates to our own experience, whenever we're seeing a, a block, a stressor, a, a difficult feeling, You know, like you said, there's being consumed by it is, is making that same mistake. It's taking the stereotype for the entirety. And so when I'm feeling shame or anger or guilt, when I identify with that, it's just not truthful. Forget about whether it's helpful or feels good. It's just, is that all I am? I mean, in the moment, maybe it feels that way. All I can feel is the burning shame or the anger. But is that really true of, of my entire experience in the world at that moment? Am I not also mm. feeling other feelings? Do I not also have other things? And again, easy to say from certain position of privilege, and I, there are human states where I think it's very difficult to get outside that, and this isn't prescriptive, but for me at any given moment, at any degree of, of pain, physical, mental, emotional, or otherwise, is that the only thing, that's the only experience that is available to me right now? And most of the time, the answer is no. And and so that, to me, that's part of not identifying with this stuff is recognizing like, oh, okay, this is one thing that's coming up for me. Maybe it's 90% of my experience. Maybe it's 99%, but probably I'm also still breathing. Probably Hmm. I'm sitting or standing or lying somewhere. And I could choose to, uh, as I get better at this, I can choose to focus on that and other, or even other worries and other concerns. It's just interesting when that one thing comes up and it just blinds me to everything else that is true in mm. that moment. And that's part of conversation for another time. But part of what I think the genius that Byron Katie does is uh, she's not gaslighting you. She's just pointing out that may be true, the, you know, the hard feelings you have towards your partner, but there's also something else going on and we can mm-hmm. focus on that. And there's a little more agency there. And I think that's such a, a neat trick. That I'm trying to to get better at.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I'm reminded of I love the point about that sometimes like you don't need to have the solution, you know. And I feel like we're, you know, as a society, we're very we're like addicted to solutions. We're addicted to like solving things, right? Um I'm reminded of yeah, the book uh men are from mars women are from venus <laughs> yeah mm. and yeah you know. so one of the things i remember that from that book is that like men like men are all about practical and solutions right so all right well you know women will come to a man and say god i just had like the worst day like you know like this person said this to me and now i don't know what i'm going to do right and the man comes in and it's like okay <laughs> let's let's figure it out all right so you, so she's not going to be able to run that Aaron. All right. So what if I just, you know, I'll, I'll do it for you or we'll get someone else to, you know, mm-hmm. let's solve the problem. Right. And it's, can be very frustrating for men when that's not making the issue go away. Like you're, you know, that, that his you know, partner, whoever, you know, who's talking with, who, who's sharing with him is it's, it's not like, it's like, no, you don't, you just don't get it. Right. And, what for women they sometimes they just want to um talk and share they're not looking for a resolution it reminds me of uh you know from white men can't jump <laughs> right where yeah uh, oh man yeah, you know, like like right it's like billy i'm thirsty it's like all right should i get you a, uh, should I, should I... No,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> yeah it's like all right so i'll get you Yeah, you know, i'll get you a glass of water it's like no like when I say I'm thirsty, I don't want you to get me a glass of water. I want you to tell me, I too know what it feels like to have a dry mouth and to feel thirst. Right? And he's like, what? What are you talking? But it's... um, uh, you know,
1: good. Think it's Rosie Perez, right? Rosie Perez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Great.
0: And maybe there's something that we can... There's some truth to that in terms of of our own feelings, also, right? We feel like, oh, we feel angry about something, or we feel sad about something. It's like, well, how do we fix this? Right. Mm-hmm. How do we get? You know, how do we, you know, not like, you know, because then it's we're not just it's not just that we're upset, but I'm also angry at myself that I'm upset, right? Or I'm, you know, when I get angry with my kids, and that de- definitely ha- and that's not uncommon um, <laughs> at all, right? But then I, I'm, but now. Really what I'm saying about it is is I'm angry that I got angry, you know? Yeah. So, um, and the idea of just letting it be, right? Just like, yeah, you're, you're feeling upset and that's okay. And you don't have to solve it, right? Just, uh, yeah, I too know what it feels like to be, <laughs> you know, to be yeah. upset, right? Yeah. Um, mm. It's, that's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting, frame to uh, yeah, look at this with
1: yeah and it feels to your point so anathema to kind of western and specifically western masculine mm. uh and so you know given that western masculine business like all the sort of worlds in which in which we are it, it there is something almost like radically countercultural about, about that as, as a man in the West to be like, yeah, there are problems and we don't, we, don't try to, we don't try to solve them or fix them. And I think that bleeds that in a little bit to uh, letting go. And part of, to me, this idea of the mechanism of, of you know, surrender um, is about letting go. It's not about fixing problems. It's about letting go of the notion in a way that problems are problems. Mm -hmm. These things that we think uh, it's a thorn in my side that needs to be removed, and it's like, I don't know, what if it's what if it's not a thorn in your side? What if it's just a new piece of body jewelry? (laughs) To be literal about it, like we, to your point, I'm angry about being angry, and then I'm upset that I'm upset that I'm upset, and it's just like wild, right? Meta level of of self judgment and of feeling and reinforcing the feelings that we're not already enough and um and and just being able to and to point about a teaser for the book like just letting letting go of some of that and, and it's not right away you're not you're holding on to the, the coffee mug of this idea you know maybe doesn't right away it, it, it comes crashing down but just to to loosen the grip a little feels like right. for me even just as a starting point i might not let go of everything today but just recognizing and even in these moments even if it's only once a week during our podcast that I can get there, but to be like, oh yeah, we can just we can let go of needing anything to be what it isn't. Yeah. Needing the solution.
0: Yeah. And the I guess we can kind of leave with a teaser, and maybe next time we'll talk about that, we'll get to the mechanism that you know next time. But sure. the idea of the irony somewhat is that the path to letting go is by staying with it, Mm. right? And not fighting the upset, but just being fully present in it and not Mm. resisting it. Somehow that's the, uh, somehow that becomes the path. Yeah, and maybe that's Mm. what we'll, we'll, we can start to talk about that. Yeah,
1: next next time that, that would be great. We can lead in with the 38 special song, Hold On Loosely. Uh, because that—that's kind of the—to the, your point, I think kind of the secret sauce is like, yeah, be with, be with the pain, be with the suffering, be with the hardship, and that's how yeah. you—that's uh, how you let go by by holding on a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it—it it, it is in, so. First of all, before I, f- I forget, you had mentioned um, the uh, puzzles that you've done, and so any, yeah. any names that, that come to mind, like your for your favorites, yeah, that we could share. Kroon.
1: Prune P R-U-N-E. It's uh-huh. a beautiful uh Zen game where you're actually there are these plants that you're meant to grow, and all you do is feed them. And then your job is to prune them and you just trim them back so they grow in particular directions that curve around obstacles and lead on a path to the sun. Mm-hmm. And the first day I downloaded that earlier in the pandemic, and I'm not a video game, I haven't played video games in you know, I don't know, 20 years. So this is this is new for me. I sat there one winter Sunday and just spent three hours just immersed in beautiful hmm. problem-solving. The other one uh, that I really love, and I'm just checking uh, my phone to make sure I have the right name, it is called Blendoku, like blend, uh, hybrid of blend and sudoku or portmanteau, those words. And it is... Um, a sort of a color organizing game you get these colored tiles and you're meant to organize them in a way that the colors blend one into the next and it's just also really lovely and you can uh i think i can get lost uh doing it
0: that's that's awesome and we can put links in the show notes as they say yeah affiliate links <laughs> affiliate links yeah um yeah i i well, I don't know about you, JD, but I've, I've felt, you know, we've, we're almost at at an hour here and I've, I've felt, um, an immense sense of abundance, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coming through this time. Like I haven't really been days are, are hectic, but it, I haven't felt the franticness or hecticness in this conversation. You know, it's, it's uh, and it's interesting how, and maybe this is one of the things that we'll see with recording it and hopefully you know if people listen you know at some point and we we put these out you'll have the same experience but there is this i've it's felt like a uh expansion of time Mm. and in my body i'm feeling i think more loose and relaxed you know than Mm. i was you know an, an hour ago wow
1: that's really nice that's really, really nice to hear, and feels true for me too. Uh, and related to that, it definitely this conversation for me feels like a sort of flow state experience in terms mm. of the passage of time or, or focus. That this just, you know, this could have been ten minutes, it could have been ten hours, and it's uh, hard to uh, hard to know. So that that also feels like a really good. A good sign of doing, spending time well. <laughs> as far Agreed. As I know how. Yeah.
0: All right. So, I think we'll do an episode too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's unanimous. It's unanimous. It's unanimous. <laughs> yeah, I All love right. that. I love
0: All that. right. That'd well, this great. this is fun, and um, yeah, until until next time. Until next be, time. Enjoy those to, cold plunges. <laughs> keep letting go. Keep letting <laughs> go. <laughs> That's right. All right. That's right. Great to see Talk you. Talk to later, JD. You too. Good morning. Bye.